Hey, I'm your host, Soham. And I'm James. And you're welcome to the third Journey Entrepreneur episode. In these special episodes, we interview entrepreneurs from the journey that have founded a project themselves and ask them about the process from the idea to the establishment, how they scaled up, how they kept the project going, and every little nitty gritty around it. The goal is to inspire others to pursue their ideas, scale them up into projects, and create an impact in the community. Today, we have with us Melissa Capture Elogio. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. She's originally from Peru, where she did her bachelor's studies in environmental engineering. At the end of 2018, she moved to Germany and she started her master's program on sustainability, society, and the environment at Kiel University. She has been involved in projects related to climate change from various perspectives, including promoting education, communication, and innovation in places as diverse as Hungary, Costa Rica, Indonesia, Ghana, and Peru. She loves to paint, and as you can tell, she's really passionate about nature. Now, two fun facts about Melissa. She's learning German, but she has the feeling that the German language was not made for her. She does not share a very good relationship with German language. And she's afraid of heights. Well, I'm afraid of heights too, Melissa. And some years ago, she wanted to demonstrate to herself that she can climb a rock, and she did it. She had been climbing for 15 minutes when she realized that the problem was how to get back to the ground. It took an hour or more because she was super afraid of that. Melissa, that's a, that's a wonderful story to share and also something about your perseverance. We are glad to have you with us. Now, a little bit about Melissa's project, what, what she's been working on recently. In July 2018, together with a friend of hers, Melissa co-founded the Peruvian NGO called Center for Climate Innovation and Sustainability. With the NGO, they want to address climate change and its impacts and create solutions in Peru, and they have been promoting multiple climate mitigation and adaptation projects. They are currently working on a project which aims to promote circular economy in the food sector. They're trying to tackle the massive problem of high organic waste production and the lack of infrastructure development to tackle this in Peru. They believe that they can contribute to reducing the overall greenhouse gases emissions into the atmosphere with projects like these. Wonderful, that sounds great. And before we go deep into your project, we will get to know a little, uh, get to know you a little bit better. So I'm gonna hand you over all to James now. Great, yeah, so that is very interesting. And I'm looking forward to learning more about your involvement with tackling greenhouse gas, especially in relation to organic waste, which is close to my heart, at least. Uh, but first of all, how are you feeling today? How is the German winter treating you? Um, okay, I think as well as the language, I am not <laughs> also dealing well with the, with the weather. And yeah, I come from Peru, very, uh, it's not a completely tropical forest uh, country, but I really miss the sun and some days, no? It's very dark. Living in Sweden, I can totally relate to that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm from a tropical country as well, most of my life, and, and it's difficult here. I mean, I've grown up for most parts in Ireland, and even, even Irish weather is better than Swedish weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in terms of like your childhood dreams, um, what were your priorities and goals uh, when you were growing up and how have they sort of changed? Well, I, I would like to mention, uh, 
I think I, I was a very uh, special kid when I was a child because we we are five sisters in my family, and we go through very specific situations. And we, I will say that since I was ten years old, more or less, I was growing and thinking I will what I want to be in the future. Like I want to change the world. I want to create a, a equal. Uh, war for everyone where it can be feel include and yeah so I was growing with this with this idea and finally I'm seeing kind of uh, make through these uh, ideas into reality yeah and do you think the dreams that you had as a kid you're pursuing the same dreams now or do you think the dreams have changed over the years kind of adapted i would say because when i was a kid i i thought i want to go against discrimination or against the inequality between uh, women and men and so on and i wanted to also tackle hungary around the world and then now i feel like i was very i i become super engaged to the climate change topic but i think with doing this i also a kind of related my initial dream because everything is connected to climate change now and yeah uh, I probably is because of what I decided to study at the university environmental engineering and now sustainability that I took this path to go to try to solve a uh, climate change. Interesting and what shifted that perspective uh, to see the intersectionality and the relationship between these different topics? Maybe it's because uh, I, I was born in Huancayo. It is a small city in the mountains in Peru, but I moved to, to Lima, the capital, with my parents and my sisters. And I was feeling probably the lack of the nature around me in the big city, which is Lima, and a lot of pol uh, pollution and big problems that all the capital of many countries has. That is why I think I decided at some point when I finished my high school to go and choose the, the career of environmental engineer to kind of find solutions to these problematics. Perfect. And we're sure to delve into that a little bit more in just a second. Um, but first of all, Soham and I are very interested in learning more about your personal values. So I'm going to give you two uh, words and I'd like you to just tell me what comes to your mind first okay so to begin with what do you think of when I give you the words trust and control uh, okay first when I think about trust for me it's one of the most important things uh, uh, within the last five years I've been implemented programs within a, a big or small groups and I think trust is very very important when you want to achieve something when you put all your energy in order to make uh, uh, makes things happen so that's why I, I really like to work I like my group my team now because I trust on them and I, I this is for me the, one of the most important values when you work in team and what was the second point? It is control. Control. Well, I think this word has evolved also in my in my in my personal dictionary. I will say because in the past I was taking so much control sometimes in my projects in my in my life, and I was very rigid sometimes. But 
uh, with the time, I also learned that we need to be flexible. We need to adapt. We need to be resilient. To, and I will. That is why I I think control is important, but just at some at some level. I think I think more the opposite. You should uh, should rule in your life, not that much control. Interesting. I think uh, both like the ideas of trust and control definitely overlap when we're collaborating with uh, group projects as I think we've all experienced in the past. Um, now, the next two words, I'd like you just to select which one do you think suits you best? We might be losing James a little bit, but I'll take over for him. Would you choose humor or seriousness? Now, I will choose humor, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. One life's too short to be serious, right? Okay. Freedom or security? Mm, freedom. Freedom, right. I would choose that too. <laughs> uh, idealistic or realistic? Oh, this is complicated. <laughs> um, I would say um, realistic. Realistic. Yeah, I think for a lot of NGOs, we do need to be realistic because you know, it's important to be pragmatic, to see the whole vision. Yeah, that's true. Uh, would you rather be innovative or conservative? Of course, innovative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was too difficult at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm still asking this. I know you're from Peru and there's a lot of fun things to do there. Uh, adventure or safety? Adventure. Yeah. For sure. I, I had I to guess that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that's wonderful. I, and I was wondering to track uh, the process of your NGO, you know, um, during the intro, we touched upon that you wanted to talk about uh, circular economy in the food sector. Also, uh, before we get into the details regarding this project, can you give us a short introduction about this topic and the NGO, just the background about it? Okay, first of all, uh, to start, we have, with NGO, we have uh, two years already. And with them, we wanted to create local solutions. So we are based on Peru and we, thought, we, we think uh, that in Peru, there are many things to solve, many things to be addressed. And we, we, we need to spread a lot of uh, education and create awareness in the society. So when uh, we decided to create this NGO, we, we, we thought super big. But now, as you mentioned at the introduction, we are focused on one specific project because we cannot do every, many things in parallel and not, not because uh, we have now just a big, a small group, but we, we aim a big group, but it is going to be in the, I hope in the near future. So with the project that we are doing um, to tackle the food waste in Peru, we want to not just um, create something uh, that exists already. So we wanted to, to create, a, first of all, a document, a technical guide who is gonna serve uh, as a tool for the decision makers, like working in the municipalities, in the ministries, in private sector, in order to see what are the uh, technique, techniques and methodologies in order to valorize the organic waste in, in Peru, in Lima specifically. And with this, we aim that they are gonna choose the best decision 
when once they will see okay i think this is the most convenient technology this is the most important uh, methodology and it's possible to also uh, implement it in our our society so we aim that they are taking with this the best decision and also in parallel we are uh, promoting a communicational and education uh, program so what we are creating documents like explaining from the very basic what is uh, what is waste how much percent of waste we we produce in lima uh, what is the average of every household product uh, production of uh, also waste organic waste so uh, we want to in parallel the decision makers are taking right, right decisions based on on science and on technology on fact that the citizens also increase the awareness, increase the education about what needs to be done and what they need to uh, go for or they need to require to their, their governments. So uh, this is why we, we thought that this is a very comp a complementary project, a very, a very strong package. We combine the te technology, the innovation, but also we combine the communication and the education. So at the end, we want to address almost all the stakeholders. That is why we, we put the circular economy approach there and uh, then go to the next level when uh, we, are, we are applying for small grants now, but also uh, in the near future for big grants in order to make a, a small pilot, pilot project in order to test our program, our uh, strategy, and then uh, that hopes uh, in all the country is going to be implemented the same. I think I think that's wonderful. I really like how you're uh, taking grassroots level changes, the spreading of awareness, systemic change, and also giving it a policy governance kind of perspective to the whole project. I think that's very important because, you know, sometimes we get very short-sighted and we either think that the policymakers or the decision makers need to do everything or we think that we can change everything through grassroots level changes. But often it's not the case. You need an amalgamation of the two. That's wonderful. I think that kind of answers the next question because I was going to ask you about the inspiration behind it. But now uh, I'll uh, hand over um, the whole uh, storytelling bits to you, Melissa. So tell, tell us how, I'll tell you a few code words. Tell us how your team was formed. Uh, what are the challenges you faced? Uh, and what was the main turning point with your project when you came along? Okay, I, I will go for the first and I will repeat yeah, sure. you repeat me the second. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, so the first, my team. So I, at 2014, I met one group and with this group, we create a very important project in communication and education for climate change. But uh, after two years, we, we let's say that this a dream came to the end. So I took like a fail, but I learned a lot from this experience. And also this allows me to know um, uh, already, I mean, because I had this partner who was uh, Vanessa Bolivar, who is my one of my best friends. And I work in this project also with her. So this experience in the, the, from 2014 to, to, to 2016 allows me to know her also working. So. Uh, that is why when we finished uh, uh, 2016, we decided, okay, I think we, we 
got a lot of learning, a lot of experience running this organization for two years. And let's keep it like this. Let's grow ourselves. Let's think what can we do next if we want to create probably another organization or another idea, a business, or I don't know. So we were keeping in touch for the next two years up until 2018, we decided, okay, I think we are no mature. <laughs> now we can take this risk to take to form an NGO. And uh, yeah, we with her, we create all the documents. We went, we pass by the notary, we, we do everything because we knew this from the past experience. And also we knew how to, how we work in group and what we need for a group to, uh, to work. And so, yeah, that is why how I met my my important partner for the NGO. That that's wonderful. We always say a project is only as good as its team. So it's, it's wonderful to hear that story. And what were the main challenges you faced uh, while you were setting this up? Uh, yeah, uh, I think that one of the main challenges was that uh, in Peru, unfortunately, uh, I will say that climate change is still not a priority. So this is not an important, important topic in the agenda of uh, the politics or private sector even. So we knew this when we decided to create the NGO, but also we knew that uh, it was a challenge and we wanted to create a better future in our community in Peru, but also globally. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we take we took the risk, and also the other and the other challenge was the that after less than a year, I decided to move to Germany for start my master, and then it was another the second challenge to run the NGO from from yeah not being there, no no base in Lima anymore. So, but I also learned a lot from this experience, and I uh, yeah I I think I succeed because I did as uh, I put all my energy there, I mean, balancing also with my studies, but uh, I think we are growing as we expected. And yeah, I don't regret of this decision. That sounds very inspiring indeed. So was there like a turning point somewhere where you thought, okay, so these are the things we did and it worked or it didn't work, but we have to make these changes so that it starts working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yes, I, I will address here after, I think, half a year after we, we created the NGO, we were pursuing to have grants from uh, uh, organizations in, in, from abroad, but we, we did our best effort, we applied, and we were completely sure that this was going to happen. And, but unfortunately, it does not happen. And we were counting so much on that. And yeah, it was a bit disappointed. But also, uh, I think it, it we we stopped some some days on that. And we started to, to think about, okay, I think we put all our energy just on that. And now we need to decide how we want to do it. Because I sometimes also without money, when you are starting at least, it is, it, is, it is a bit hard, a bit difficult. Yeah, but afterwards we decided to take it slower. I mean, to invest our, our time, our energy on the NGO, but also combining work in parallel, studies in parallel as I am doing, 
And I think this was a good decision because this allows us to, in my case, to start my master and also growing in the academy area and to my partner to have a, another job who allows her also to have a bit of stability, economic stability. And for us it was important because we, we felt more, uh, more uh, yeah, I would say. Uh, Comfortable. Convenient. Yeah, comfortable, exactly. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. And yeah, and we went like this. And now I feel like it had results, good results, because we are growing in, in, in slowly, but in a very uh, strong way, I would say. Yeah, and it's understandable, especially financial support and also you know, flexibility at the start of, of uh, NGO or any project. It's very, very essential, definitely. But what has been your main learning so far from this project? I would say uh, that how important it is to work in group and in collaboration. So I just talk about one of my, my, my colleagues who we are two founders, but uh, there are four more people uh, helping us in the NGO now. So the NGO growth just in the last year. And yeah, for me, I think this is this was super important. This was for me, I would say the most the, the most important point for the NGO because with uh, the team and uh, with a very uh, with a variety of the team because we have a communicator, we have engineers, mechanical engineers or biologists. So with them, we I think we feel uh, we feel an I know that we are a very valuable group, very strong group, very uh, interdisciplinary group who is creating more ambitious projects all the time. So I would say that for me, the teamwork is super important. I, I put all my time also in order to always think about how if my, if my team is, they are comfortable working with me, if they need something else, if what, what we can change in the organization or of the how we um, I don't know even the activities out uh, out activities not just from working I will try to all, always trying to come up with an idea of how we can interchange we can learn from each other also and I think this is important uh, amazing I think uh, having these this constant array of like uh, complex ideas and challenges which you need to overcome must be um, very stimulating from an entrepreneurial point of view. Right now, we would like to learn a bit more about how you are thinking for the future. So I'm going to give you a utopian scenario. And I'd just like to know how your NGO can contribute to a greater, more inclusive and greener future. So imagine, I know you mentioned earlier that in Peru, uh, climate change is quite low on the policy agenda, but what would your future goals be if suddenly you had the support of the Peruvian government and the business sector within uh, the region of Lima? How would your NGO interact? Uh, okay, I think it's a very interesting question. I Actually, I think I had thoughts about that I would say that uh, my NGO uh, was uh, designed to work in collaboration. So we 
we didn't want to just take the position of the NGOs or the civil society. We, we every partner in my, in, every team member in, my, in the NGO has experience working in private sector, public sector, NGOs, from civil society organizations. And I, this, I think this is why this, I think it shouldn't be a problematic scenario for us. It would be something very uh, beneficial for us, I would say, because I think we can handle to work uh, in collaboration with different partners. We know how to sell ideas to private sector, how to sell ideas to public, how to convince uh, also them, how to pursue civil society to go for something when it, it is important like climate change. And yeah, I would say that in our case, that will be the best scenario because we are prepared, prepared for doing it. And yeah, and I, I will say that for sure we, we in the NGO now we are five people, but with this kind of a scenario, I, I imagine the NGO with 20, 30 people already working because we were uh, able to present projects to every every sector or for including every every sector in different kind of projects uh, so how will your ngo interact with um so policy thought leaders under our current scenario at the moment mm, i think it's a bit uh, no it's not going very fast as we as we thought also and i think the main problem in our, in our country is the political instability. And is this probably uh, people who is listening this will understand when in developing countries sometimes happens, also in developed, but when one month, uh, one presidential time, like five years time pass, the new one starts and everything is uh, erased. Everything what the past president did or this past uh, Congress did was erased and start from zero. And this is something that, of course, is a negative point for us, because if we, for example, this happens to us two years ago, no, last year, sorry, and we were making already conversations and trying to sign agreements within the NGO and some municipalities in Lima, and suddenly all the administration changed after this, we needed we needed to start from zero because nothing was settled down, and every person who was working in this department was gone. So it was incredible. So it was a, was experience again. We learned, but yeah, it take, takes more time, no. And I I will say that yeah, I, I see the NGO in the next two, three years or four years that. Uh, it's gonna continue growing in this slow time, slow way, and trying to deal with the political situation. And also, uh, because of the political situation, we don't have this uh, importance in to the climate topic. So, yeah, the unfortunately, the the Ministry of the Environment in Peru is one of the less one of the uh, who has the less power in the in the country it's powerful so, yeah yeah so it's super hard because uh, they they cannot change many things they even if they probably want so it's not matters of who is in the head of the ministry is 
the agenda of the country and how, how important is one ministry. And unfortunately, we don't have a very strong ministry or a, a strong power in, in, in the Ministry of Environment in Peru. Thank you for your honesty, Melissa. It's, it's so important to address this. I think this story of Peru must resonate probably with a lot of other developing, even some developed countries, definitely, where um, they don't give as much importance to the Ministry of Environment or just Environment Protection Agencies. I was wondering, what would be your advice to somebody who wants to start a project like yours, say in a different country? What would be your advice to that person? I would say that my first advice it would be to find the correct partners, the, the correct team members for to work with. I think this is the most important because if you don't have a passionate group, a passionate person, a trustful person in your team, you can try to do as much as you as, as possible and invest money probably from the very beginning, but it's not going to work. It would be difficult to work because uh, this is I, I have this failure from the 2014. It was because of that. We, we decided to get together and do something big from the very beginning without knowing each other. And yeah, after two years, we, just, we find out, okay, it was so, so we did so much things in a hurry. So yeah, that's why in the 2018, I... I yeah, after knowing people better and know what I want also, because what you want is also important and which direction you want to go, this is for me the most important. And the secondly, I think to draw your path in a very um, realistic way, what you want to achieve in the first, second, fifth year at least. And we, what we did with, my, with Vanessa, my, my, my primary partner, was to create this vision for the NGO, at least for the five years. And, and every year I try to evaluate how we are going through this. And if we, we need to change something, we need to reevaluate something and so on. Yeah, that's totally understandable. And, and it's so important to have that path set out you know, and, and the partners, definitely that passion is, uh, it's priceless, you know. You cannot find uh, a good project that does not have passionate team members. It's, it's almost unthinkable. That's, that's wonderful, uh, Melissa. But now is the interesting part where I'll hand it over to James to play this little game with you. Okay. Yeah. So as uh, you might be aware, we like to get to know our entrepreneurs a bit better by asking them to give us two truths and a lie. And these um, truths will be revealed at the beginning of our next episode with our future entrepreneur. So these can be related to your own personal experience as an entrepreneur of developing your climate change NGO in Peru, or they can be related to developments within the sustainability world. We'll leave that up to you, but we would like it to be a little bit challenging. I'll give you a couple of moments just to think of some examples. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have the first. <laughs> sure. Okay, the first. I learned to speak Mandarin when I was 10 years old. Wow, that's a really good one. Nice. So we have the first one. Okay. What's okay. the second one? Okay. Um, the second is I had the chance to 
visit uh, you presented Costa Rica or Indonesia, Hungary, Ghana, Morocco, or France, or many countries, like many really. And all of them I did it for because I gained scholarships. Wow, that's a very good one as well. Brilliant. Okay, now the third one. As I created a project on food waste in Peru, I'm also pursuing another project uh, on construction and demolition waste in Germany. Wow, that's a really good one as well. Yeah, and I think our listeners will find it very interesting to find out which one is not true. And uh, it'll be very interesting and we'll find out later in your next episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your feedback on our social media channels. And of course, you can get in touch with us if you want to be a part of this podcast. Thank you, Melissa, again. It was absolute pleasure talking to you and good luck with your project. We look forward to listening to a lot of good things about the project soon. Thank you again for having me here. And for me, it's totally a pleasure to share the, even the small things that I have to share, that I can share with you guys. I think everyone can do many things, even smaller, every small action has an impact. And this is the most important thing that we need to keep in mind always. That is such an inspiring way to end it. Thank you so much.